Hello and welcome to the Craft and Cluster podcast, a show all about marketing your wine brand in the digital age. I'm your host, Heather Danitz, a photographer and social media consultant based in Santa Barbara wine country. Today we are talking with Courtney and Nathan Martin, who go by the moniker Winery Reflections on Instagram. They are Southern California locals who seek out and review interesting wines crafted by unique wineries across the globe. I first met them in 2018 when they first started Winery Reflections and have watched them explode in growth ever since, gaining over 10,000 followers in their first year alone. Their tasting notes and summaries of their visits to wineries are always incredibly thoughtful and have resulted in more visits and purchases over time. In today's interview, we talk not only about what wineries can and should expect from influencer partnerships, but also how burgeoning wine influencers slash communicators can give value to the wineries they are serving. Now, on to the interview. Hi, Courtney and Nathan. How are you today? Hey. Good. How are you? I am great. The sun is shining. It's a wonderful day. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, So before we dive into the many questions that I have for you today, I do first want to talk a little bit about you um, and how, and more importantly, why you started Winery Reflections. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Just to kind of start in the beginning, Nathan and I, when we started dating, um, I have celiac disease, so I can only drink wine and not beer. So Nathan was actually a beer drinker. So, um, while we were dating, he was like, you know what, like maybe I should try wine so we can drink, enjoy drinks together. So that's when kind of wine started becoming our passion. We realized we both have great palates. We both really enjoy wine together. And because we lived in the time we lived in Orange County, we're so close to, I mean, Santa Barbara and Paso and Napa. And it's just a quick way, a quick weekend trip to, to so many wineries. So that kind of became our thing. Our first date was at a local winery. Um, we started traveling and camping and doing wineries most weekends. And as we were seeking out new places to go visit, we realized we really couldn't find a ton of information on the wineries that we wanted to go to. We really want, we really like to see, you know, small, unique boutique wineries. And we felt the ones that didn't have a huge marketing budget, basically, you couldn't just Google and find. So that's kind of where Wine Reflection, the idea came to mind. And I think we started it in May of 2017, 2018. We wanted to create a platform where people could come on and see um, and learn about wineries that are, you know, family owned, unique, show intentionality, um, do something interesting and just what you can't find when you just do a quick Google search. So that's kind of where, you know, Winery Reflections came from. I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, to give an example, everybody knows about Robert Mondavia Napa. And that's not the kind of producer that our target is. We want to target, uh, like, you know, the small family-owned boutique producers, um, people who are, are super passionate about what they do. And we feel that the wine that they make, reflects that intimacy that they have with, you know, when, when the winemaker is the owner and, you know, everything that's done in the winery is done by the same people. Um, it's, we just really enjoy those wines and we want to be able to tell those stories. So that's kind of why we started Wine Reflections. Yeah. Wonderful. And yeah, I remember um, 
yeah, in 2018, when that was when I was working for Coastal Vineyard Care. And I remember you guys kind of coming in hot on the scene. And, and I was really just impressed with the way that you communicated about wine and, and just really everything that you were doing. And I was also, you know, as a social media manager with, with Coastal Vineyard Care, I was like, how are they growing so rapidly? Like I would, every week I would go onto your profile and I'd look at how many followers you had. And I mean, you, you gained, I think you hit 10,000 followers under a year, if I remember correctly. (laughs) It was like right before a year. Yep. Yeah. That's so awesome. What would you say was the main contributor to your rapid growth? I think there's a a number of factors. Um, I think part of it had to do with consistency and quality of content. Um, We've always tried to make sure that everything we post is, is high quality and value add, not only the photography, but whatever, you know, what what the writing says and what the post says. So I think that's important from the very beginning is because every time we post something, I think our engagement was, was so much better than um, we expected just because we did put so much effort into uh, making sure that post added value. Um, On the other side of things, it's just, I think a lot of, uh, intentionality into the niche that we were seeking to fill. So we started the platform because we wanted to learn or to to write about small boutique producers because we couldn't find a lot of that out there. And I think um, it showed that other people were looking for that content too. And once um, we started putting it out there, it kind of took off. So we were fortunate to um, identify a niche that we, we saw and uh, we were, you know, blessed that other people enjoy the same things we do. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what you guys are doing is so necessary. And it's, it's definitely a philosophy that I put my, my, you know, stamp of approval behind is the, the wanting to help small wineries who don't have a huge marketing budget, who maybe don't even know how to communicate their, their wine and and what they're doing um, very well, being able to help them is really fulfilling. And, and I think, I mean, you're 100% right that, the consumers who are just like you, they're looking for those small wineries. They, you know, they, they know the Robert Mondavis, they know the, you know, the other big names, but they don't know these small brands that, that tend to um, just have a little bit more heart and soul behind what they're doing and, and the product they're making. So I really love, love that you're doing that. It's a lot of fun too. Um, we've really enjoyed all the great wines, all the great wineries that we've been able to experience. And I think it's a, it's a really uh, nice kind of niche to be in because, you know, it's, it's, it's a passion project for us and it's been super, uh, super fun to, to work on. Well, and all the people we've met too. Oh yeah. But people like you, you know, um, other people who love having their hands in the dirt and their like boots in the soil and uh, (laughs) learning about the nitty gritty uh, of wine and what makes it what it is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. All of that. I love that. Uh, so I do, I mean, okay. So I know that this term is, is super loaded. Do you guys consider yourselves wine influencers or do you have a different name for, for what you do? So yes and no. Um, I would not, when I introduce myself, I don't introduce myself as an influencer. I introduce myself as a wine writer. Um, because ultimately that's really what we do is we write about wine. My goal is not to, I think influencer has a a little bit of a negative connotation like you've uh, kind of hinted at because it tends to be someone who is just trying to influence and not necessarily tell a story. And I think the level of engagement you get with someone who might be a more traditional influencer is not as, um, not as deep 
if, if, if you can tell the story of a winery and help a reader understand why that wine is special versus just telling someone that you should go buy this, uh, it gives that reader much more, um, it, it kind of, tra- the, the, the passion translates in a different way. So we found that when we can talk about a product that we're passionate about and express it in a unique and uh, interesting way, the people that read that go out and they want to try it and they do. So um, yeah, I, I consider us a wine, I consider us wine writers. Um, you know, we obviously do some photography and stuff too, but uh, we just, <laughs> we're kind of in a different category than what I would consider most influencers to be in. Yeah. And I think, I think we do, you know, we may be categorized as wine influencers or, or, to some wineries maybe, but then when we show up, sometimes I think we catch them by surprise because, <laughs> you know, I'm wearing my boots and jeans and, you know, maybe a cute top, but like, we're not, we're dressed to get into the vineyard and like, yeah. we've gone to vineyards when it's so muddy and we've, you know, we're filthy out there, but we want to see like the magic behind the wine and how, you know, and so I think sometimes it pleasantly surprises wineries when we show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, I've I've talked to. Um, <laughs> this sounds so so um, weird, but I I've talked to my friends who are who are winery owners and winemakers um, about you two, and just kind of just chatting with them about you know not just about you two, but also about um, about you know what maybe a, a more tra- traditional of the traditional term of a wine influencer would be. And, um, and every single one of them has been like, oh, we've loved Courtney and Nathan. They come out and they actually, they're interested. They're really thoughtful. And, um, you know, whereas like maybe some of them are, have felt a little burned by, uh, past interactions with, again, the, the quote unquote wine influencer, um, not, you know, maybe pulling their weight in the way that, that the wineries had hoped they would. Um, and whereas with you, it's, it's always a pleasant experience and, uh, for the winery, but also just, you know, the way you write about wine um, and write about the experiences that the wineries are offering at their estates is really, again, really thoughtful and in, intentional. And um, you can tell that, that you really, you really want to communicate how, how good those things are and how awesome those wineries are. And so um, it's, I can, I can attest it is a, um, much appreciated <laughs> from the wineries. Cause yeah, again, I mean, you know, I've, I've worked with, and you and I've, we've had these conversations in the DMS a couple of times where some of my, my clients, um, have had, you know, unpleasant experiences with, with, uh, wine influencers before. And, and, uh, and so they're a little gun shy when it comes to working with, with wine influencers. But every time I bring you, you up, they're like, Oh yeah, we definitely, we totally want to work with them. So, um, so I love that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're glad we can make wineries feel, feel happy that way. I mean, that's kind of our intention is to, I mean, our, our name is winery reflections because we want to reflect what these wineries are doing. It's not about us. It's not about, you know, getting dressed up and, uh, taking, you know, cute pictures in a vineyard. We really want to, we want <laughs> to learn. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> our goal is to, to kind of go against the grain and, and tell the stories and really share what makes the wine special. So no, I, I appreciate you saying that. Oh, so awesome. You guys are great. We love you. <laughs> um, so gosh, okay. I mean, I feel like this, this question was a little further down on my list, but I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it now since this is the sort of the place that we're at. Um, you know, what, 
should, you know, what should wineries be on the lookout for when they're vetting uh, a wine writer or someone, um, someone who wants to partner with them in this kind of capacity? What should they be on the lookout for? So I think the number one thing is, do they add value? Um, anyone can take a picture with a bottle of wine and say this wine is great, but is that person bringing anything special to the table other than just their face? Which not to say anything's wrong with that. And there's a lot of people that sell a lot of wine using their faces and that, you know, great. But if, if that's not what you're looking for, if you're looking for someone to help tell your story and to help actively market your wine in a way that's going to be unique and different, um, get into their content and see what their posts say, you know, read through the whole post. Don't just look at the pictures. Um, what are they, you know, if there's a wine from Santa Barbara, are they talking about where it is in Santa Barbara? Are they talking about what makes the vineyard site unique? Um, what winemaking style it is, is the wine light and fresh? Is it very, you know, rich and robust? And if, if, uh, you know, the, the person is just kind of using very, very basic, generic captions about, you know, yay, rosé, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> end, but um, is that going to help you? It's like by Heather's ha- biggest pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to help or is it going to be, you know, whatever. And there's some influencers out there that do the yay, rosé thing and they sell wine. I've seen it and that's great. But is that your niche? Is that the kind of customers you want or do you want engaged right. customers who are going to be passionate and who are going to want to join and the wine club? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not just the newest yeah. trendy thing. Are you going to want someone that's going to stick around and join your join your wine clubs and get interested in your terroir selection bottlings and like try to understand why your vineyard's special? And you kind of have to pick, you know, pick your customer, really. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, you're preaching to the choir here and I keep forgetting that there's, um, <laughs> that there's, you know, we have listeners who, who may be hearing this which I feel like if they're listening to this episode, they haven't li- listened to the other episodes. They may be, their heads are under the rock. Cause this is something that I preach in almost every single ep- episode is, you know, know who your o- target audience is and make your decisions, your marketing decisions based off of that and based off of who your target audience is. Like it's, oh my gosh, it is the one of the most important things that people need to know. And I feel like, you know, we can get really caught up really quickly in the, oh, we need to um, just get a lot of followers or we need to just get a lot of reach or whatever. But it's like, if it's not the right reach, that's not going to be good for you in the long term. You're not reaching the right audience members. Um, it, yeah. So I really appreciate you saying that because I, I feel like, you know, I can be a little bit of a broken record on here. So it's always nice when <laughs> someone else can sort of validate what I'm saying and what I'm preaching every single week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what is your elevator pitch? Why would a winery want to work with you? I mean, you've kind of already talked about this, but why would, you know, what, why would a winery want to work with you over someone else in this space? So, yeah, we, we've kind of already touched on it, but we want to tell their story. We want to be the ones showing people why this particular winery is special and why their wines are unique. Um, and we're not trying to tell our story. If you look at our page and, you know, we, this is not saying this is a good thing, but we don't post a lot about ourselves. We tend to focus more on the wineries and why the wineries are unique. And I'm Courtney, Courtney always gets on me to get more personality into it. And I think, yeah, I think we could add a little <laughs> bit more flair, um, you know, but, maybe pictures of us here and there, but, but to, to circle back on that, we're not promoting ourselves. It's never been about promoting ourselves. And I don't want any kind of recognition for what I do in the sense that like, I want to be famous or an influencer. I just want to tell stories that need to be told. 
And um, that's kind of what I try to get across to any winery that is interested in working with us is, you know, we want to, we want to taste your wines. We want to go to your vineyard. We want to get our hands in the soil and pick up some rocks. And, and then when we tell the story of the wine, we can help, you know, help portray, okay, this wine has minerality because it comes from this vineyard that's got diatomaceous earth everywhere. And you can really taste this chalkiness in the wine. And because it's so close to the coast, there's a saltiness to it. And just all these these factors that can get totally missed if someone's not looking for them. So that's kind of our pitch is just we can uh, we can do something a little different that you might not have seen before. But this made, this made me remember a funny story actually. Just <laughs> when we tell were, me when we were first starting out, the first time we ever posted a picture of us two on our winery reflections page, I remember someone messaged us and they said, "Oh my gosh, I thought you guys were like in your sixties or seventies." <laughs> we were like. Well, at the time we were in our 20s and just like a young little, like, you know, so it was just like a really funny story. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, boomers. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. So, I mean, what, what would you say, how can wineries, um, get the best bang for their buck when partnering with someone like you? Like, how could they you know, once you've come in, you've, um, you've done your thing, you've, uh, written everything and, and you're about to publish, how can wineries kind of extend the life of the audience and the customers that they're likely to gain from a partnership such as yours? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, engagement's like huge. So, you know, after we typically will either review our experience, so whether it's the vineyard or the winery itself or the wines that, you know, were provided, um, but we've seen a lot of, um, when, when wineries comment, so after we post, they comment on our post, they acknowledge it, and then also engage on the comments in our post with other, you know, with other Instagrammers who are commenting, like, how do I get this? Or tell me more. When we see wineries continue to engage on those comments, we've seen, you know, growth on their Instagram as well as purchases made and et cetera. So, yeah, no, I think Courtney nailed it. Um, whenever, whenever we post about a wine, there's always comments saying, Oh, that sounds delicious. Like, Oh, I'd love to try that. Where can I get it? Exactly. And so when a winery goes through and reads the comments and says, Oh, glad you're interested in trying, like we'd love to, you know, we'd love to connect you with somewhere you can buy it or you can, you know, direct them to their website. Or if it's a vineyard experience, you know, Hey, we'd love to have you out. Like, what can we do to get you out here to show you the experience? And it's crazy how effective that is. I mean, honestly, like close to a hundred percent effective when a winery reaches out and, and, you know, talks to the individual people who might not have even that day been thinking about wine, but because they saw a post of an interesting bottle and then they saw a comment from the winery back to them. Now, all of a sudden they're going to go out and buy that, or they're going to try to schedule a visit to that estate. So it's, it's, it's simple, but it's extremely effective. Yeah. And we, we you know, sometimes we'll, maybe we haven't been to this winery's uh, location or anything, but we'll review a wine and we've had, we've, ne- we've had it where they never comment or anything um, on our post and which is a little discouraging on our end as well. So yeah, if a winery just, you know, someone posts something about their wine and they don't engage with it at all. They're wasting such a prime opportunity. Um, and honestly, just <laughs> kind of like they're, they're losing. You're not, you're not going to gain anything from not interacting. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was nodding my head vigorously through that entire everything you just said, because, yeah, I mean, I feel like um, engaging is probably the one thing 
it's the, it's the easiest thing to do, but for some reason, every single client I've ever taken on has such a weird mental block with it. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're concerned with the content, which they should be, of course. Um, but what I, you know, what I tell every single person is like, you know, one of the best things you can do is yeah, have great content so that when, you know, when you go out and reach out and engage, um, these people who are interested in you will come out and, and actually see what you have and want to stay. But it's also, I mean, just, you can't get them to your page to look at your great content unless you're engaging with them. So that's um, a really, really great tip. hundred um, percent. So I love that. I love that. Uh, well, so we've mostly talked about this from a winery's perspective, but I do also want to talk about how, you know, wine influencers, educators, communicators, whatever you want to call them, um, wine writers, how can they better serve not only the consumer that they're writing these things for, but also the wineries that they are hoping to work with? Yeah, I think this really ties back to how you can be value added. Uh, is there something that's a niche that's not being served that you can you can serve? Is there something about, you know, your passion or your interest that you can particularly, you know, provide uh, provide content that's better than what anyone else is doing, or at least, you know, unique in some way? And it's, it's a tough, you know, thing to, to rack your brain around like, okay, what can I do that's different? But I think a good way to do it is not necessarily feel like you have to be revolutionary, but just combine the best things from your favorite influencers. So if you see one influencer that does a really good job of talking about the personality of a wine and one influencer does a really good job about, you know, exploring wineries and taking really great pictures of, uh, the experiences and portraying that and just kind of take what you see other people doing and perfect it and not necessarily try to copy or any, rip anyone else off. But this is how the world works. Any, any industry, you look at industry disruptors, they're not necessarily completely revolutionary. They're just taking ideas that were already out there and combining them in a new way in order to be unique. And that's really how industries are changed. Um, and I think if, if, you know, a much smaller scale, obviously being someone who's posting on Instagram, but, um, there's a lot of potential out there to to do something a little different and to do something a little bit uh, you know unique and individual. And if you can find a niche that's not being served and and do a good job at filling that, then you're going to have mm-hmm. success. Yeah, kind of on that same vein, but a little different. What do you wish you know quote wine influencers would stop doing, or rather, what do you wish the vast majority of them would do better? Um. I mean, I could probably go on and on about this. But, um, <laughs> it's I, a bit loaded, I know. <laughs> I know. Things that um, we've touched on it earlier, but like if they're holding a wine and they say, this wine is so good, like, okay, like why? Um, why is it good? I need to know more because this is your opportunity to sell this wine, to share this wine to people. So I get a little frustrated with that personally. And then I think, you know, I think paid partnerships are a part of influencing wine influencers. Like it, they're going to be there, but um, I guess I get annoyed with wine influencers when they are doing a paid partnership that just really doesn't make sense. Like, why are you showing a fanny pack? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> or something like that. You know, I just, um, <laughs> or just too many, I guess they're selling out, I guess is a better yeah. one. Um, you know, you know, we we're very specific about who we work with and wineries that we promote. And, um, I just, I guess I just get frustrated with that. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree. Courtney nailed that. Um, it's, it's one thing to, to, you know, want to tell a story, but once, 
once everything you're writing about seems to be suspiciously unrelated and um, everything's a paid partnership and it's just like, okay, you know, you're just taking whatever dollars are thrown at you. I think the credibility really gets lost there and your growth is going to stagnate and people aren't going to want to work with you anymore if you're just, you know, selling out to whoever throws dollar bills at you. So um, not to say like paid partnerships are bad and we've done some great ones um, that we've really enjoyed, but it's, it's something that you have to be selective on. And if, if you're willing to, to post anything, then you're not going to, you're not going to have a strong reputation with your followers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have, really do have to build that trust with people. And, and I, I agree that I think that, you know, a paid part partnership in every single post is not necessarily the way to do that. I mean, you really, you really do need to still kind of have your own opinions and, um, and not, you know, I mean, cause as try as we might, even with paid, paid partnerships, it's, it's hard to kind of be unbiased about the wine in that case. Um, not that you can't, you know, that you can't write objectively about, about a wine, even if you're getting paid to write about it, but it is really, I think it's, it sort of flavors the way that the writing is happening sometimes. And, um, and not always in the best way. And so I think you're right. It's really, really striking that balance. Of course, I mean, you guys are doing great work and we want to make sure that you're getting paid for the great work that you're doing. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, um, it is, I think, important to still be creating for the sake of creating. And that's, I mean, that's a whole other like philosophical um, conversation we could get into um, in a future episode. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, you're, you're spot on with that. Um, I mean, kind of speaking of that though, what, what is your checklist when you are, when you are looking to work with a a winery, what is the checklist that you kind of run down? That's like, okay, these, this winery checks all of our boxes or most of our boxes. Yeah. So you don't mind sharing that. Absolutely. (laughs) We always look for wineries that are doing something unique and that are putting a lot of intentionality into what they do. Um, good indicators of that are things like, okay, they're telling about, the vineyard, they're talking about the terroir, they're talking about the winemaking. They're they're not just, you know, posting a picture and saying, oh, like what, you know, we had this with steak, this was great. Like I, I really want to see um, some kind of depth, not only on their uh, Instagram, but on their website too. And if, if I can't figure out the winery's story and where they're located, like pretty quickly, I'm a little turned off by that. Um, and, and kind of like circling back to like who their customers are and what kind of customers they're trying to attract. If it's a winery that seems like they're more of a party winery, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not usually the story we're trying to tell because we find that they're not necessarily as serious about their wine. So um, we do turn down a lot of potential partnerships because the wineries are not some something we feel comfortable promoting or that we want to we want to write about, and we don't ever we don't ever write negative reviews for a reason because we filter that out on the front end. Um, if someone's putting their, their life's work into making a product, I'm not out there to tear that down on the internet. I want to, I want to build these people up. And if I don't like their wine, I'm just not going to write about it. So, um, it's- yeah, which, I mean, I think people are surprised, but like at 99.9% of the wine that we receive and review, we, we love, we promote it. And, um, we very rarely get something that we we don't love, but it's also, it's not our, everyone's palates are different. So when we write about wine, like, I mean, I personally just don't love like huge over the top wines, but I can still appreciate them. I can, we can still talk through the tasting notes and what makes it special and tell the story of that wine because somebody is going to love that wine. 
Um, and so that's why our reviews are very you know, positive and it tells the story because there is a story about every wine and every wine is, has value in it. So um, that's kind of like, well. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, well, before we wrap up this conversation, I, I do always like to have my guests give the listeners one actionable tip that they can take this week related to the topic of discussion. So um, I've got two questions for you, one related to wineries and one related to uh, wine writers, communicators, influencers, what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first question is, uh, what is one thing that you think wineries can do this week to find or work with someone like yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, they could obviously just contact us. Yes. No, but I think just spend a little time on Instagram, um, scrolling through your whatever, you know, feed or your uh, explore page and look at the posts that catch your eye and read the posts and see, okay, who, who's putting out the good content. And if you're in the wine space, your Instagram will be filled with wine accounts. Instagram is very good at connecting people with what they want to see. So just look into those posts, um, see who's putting out stuff that you like and who, who's getting good engagement and who's, you know, not just necessarily, maybe they get a lot of likes, but everything that every, all the comments seem very generic. Like look for the, look for the ones that are starting conversations, look for the posts that are really driving like high level engagement. And I think you'll be surprised at how much more successful those partnerships will be when you're working with someone who's, uh, who's driving a deeper level of, of engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then what would you say is one thing that, um, wine influencers, wine writers, wine communicators, uh, what should they do this week to better serve their audience uh, or the wineries that they're working with? Yeah. So I think, again, just add value, like figure out how you can do something different. And there's always something new, um, always something unique. There's always new trends in wine. So if, you know, if you can maybe do a little write up on the newest, you know, let's say orange wine or skin contact, whatever, or if there's a new grape variety that's popping up in a certain region, like, you know, let's talk about Gruner Ventliner on the central coast, right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of dive into, okay, wow, I tried this wine and I loved it. Um, rather than just kind of do the same old thing that you're used to doing, try to, to branch out and to taste something new and to, to contact a winery that you've been wanting to try and say, Hey, like I'm interested in trying your guys's wine. Would you love to have, would you guys host me at your property for a visit? And wineries will almost always say yes. So yeah. I mean, or be descriptive. Like if you're a wine influencer and you have a post that you're planning on doing this week about a wine, go more detail about it. Talk a little bit more than you, maybe you typically would change it up a little bit and see where that can get you. See if engagement's greater kind of play, do a little challenge for yourself this week. If you already have something planned. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Such great advice. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, again, I really appreciate you and what you're doing. I think it's so cool. And, um, I always love chatting with you in the DMs. Yes, I know. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, so how can our listeners get in touch with you and see what you're up to? So uh, obviously Instagram is a great way at Winery Reflections. Uh, we have our website as well, winerreflections.com. 
or you can email us at winerreflections at gmail.com. <laughs> we make it easy for you. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, we're, we're easy to contact. There's a bunch of different ways to do it, and uh, we're always super responsive. We spend probably way too much time on our technology, but uh, <laughs> that's the uh, nature of the game. <laughs> Don't we all, though? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Of yeah. course. Thank you. We'll have to connect again once we get back up to uh, San Maria area. <laughs> yes, Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of the Craft and Cluster podcast. You can head to the show notes for all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode. And if you found this show super valuable, please rate and review it and spread the love by screenshotting, sharing, and tagging at Craft and Cluster on Instagram. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Hey there, you just listened to the Craft and Cluster podcast, a production of Craft and Cluster owned exclusively by me, Heather Danitz. The opinions and statements in this show are those of me and any guests that appeared on the Craft and Cluster podcast and are for entertainment purposes only. I cannot guarantee any particular result or return on investment based on any statement from this show. But what I can guarantee is my extreme psychitude that you are still listening to this, even though the episode has ended and this is clearly a disclaimer. You are super dedicated. I like that about you.